Well, welcome uh, to the second uh, go-round of our church history class on the shoulders of giants. Uh, I'm going to open in prayer, and then I'm going to turn it over to Neil, and I'm going to do a lot of that this year. I have 10,000 things going on, and even though this material in church history, it's, it's kind of sparse and it's very simple stuff, uh, I'm going to let Neil do a lot of the heavy lifting this year. New people here, folks I don't even know, we're really glad that you're here. Some of you I remember vaguely from before vacation. I went on vacation, but (laughs) we're glad that you're here, and we're trying to make this as user-friendly as possible, encourage you to come no matter how much work you've done outside of the class. And even if you sit here and listen to names and events and dates that you've never heard before and you think you'll never remember, you will. It'll come in handy sometime. So I'm going to open this in prayer and then turn it over to Neil. And I will come in sporadically. When I remember something, I'll say, yeah, I remember that guy. I'll, I'll say something about it. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the great heritage that we have. Uh, we thank you, first of all, that we are joint heirs with Christ. Lord, that we have a hope of living perfectly, with perfect freedom, with perfect deliverance from all ills, whether they are external or internal. We thank you, Lord, that you established your church and Jesus, that you said that the gates of hell would not prevail against it. And Lord, uh, we learned last year in our study of church history that the gates of hell threw everything possible at the church. And even though it was filled uh, both in the laity and in the leadership with flawed men and women, you used these people upon whose shoulders we stand, to whom we owe such a great debt to bring the truth of your word to the world, to establish truth, uh, establish the meaning of the truth that you had given us, and then, Lord, uh, to share it in the face of unbelievable persecution. And against all odds, uh, the church survives. Is it thriving? Uh, No. Uh, If it ever has thrived in the sense that we think of great success in history, it has fallen as often from within as from without. And there is much for us to learn as we study history. So tonight as we review all that we learned last semester and as we look forward to this year, we pray that you would encourage and excite our hearts and that we might Uh, on these shoulders, as we stand on these shoulders of the giants who have gone before us, that we might see uh, all that we are supposed to see, Lord, and that we would um, put our shoulders to the task that you have given us. And we pray that you would meet with us not only tonight, but all semester long. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Brad. And again, welcome. Good evening. 
we may have a few more joining us, but that's okay. Uh, they get the privilege of sitting on the front row. And uh, we're going to do our best to um, each month start on time so that we can get you out on time. And I do want to encourage you and to spread the word to your to friends and other folks in the church. Uh, even if you if this is all you participate, just come here and sit in once a month. I think you're going to get a lot. You're going to enjoy it. You're going to learn a lot. Um, so jump right in, spread the word, and you see on the uh, the screen a few of the things that we're going to cover tonight. Tonight's going to be mainly logistics. It's going to be administrative because we're going to show you how to engage with online discussions, where to find the resources, and then we're going to do a brief overview, actually a review of what we learned last year, and then a quick overview of what we have to look forward to over the coming months. Well, you should, most of you already know us. We opened in prayer uh, with Brad, freshly back from vacation, and my name is Neil Manning, and together we're going to be tag-teaming, bringing you an overview. Uh, We titled it an overview, uh, being on the shoulders of giants, because uh, we are going to look at some of the highlights, probably nothing in-depth, but uh, a lot of the highlights along the centuries from the Reformation up to the current day. And one of the main questions we need to ask ourselves is why we study church history. We, we did this at the beginning of last year, but uh, it's always good to re- refresh in, in our memories just why we're going to do this. Why are we putting in the effort? Uh, what, is, what are we going to get out of it? Um, and I bet if you were to do a quick online Google search for quotes on, on history, you'd easily come up with a, a ton that describes the importance of studying history and the Um, the benefits gained by studying church history. Uh, So we're just going to look at a couple of these, and I do want to keep it on the lighter side. Thank you, Carla, for sending this along. It was too good to pass up. You're doomed either way. (laughs) Better uh, share that, Neil, in case there's something. Or or we can say it better looking this way. We do have a little cartoon of uh, two very studious men in the library saying, those who don't study history are doomed to repeat it. Yet, those who do study history are doomed to stand by helplessly while everyone else repeats it. You feel like that a lot today, don't you? Uh, Looking at the world and what's going on in the world feels that way a lot. And this is just one of the many quotes I've come across recently um, discussing bits and pieces, perspectives rather, on on history. And you see the difference between tradition and traditionalism. We're going to take a look at a lot of that where new tradition is introduced, and how quickly it, it passes into traditionalism where that, that human nature takes over very quickly. Don't ask me who Mr. Pelican is. I'm going to ask and challenge you to study it and then get back to me. And some of the things we're going to look at are the Protestant distinctions. Of course, with the Reformation, we have the advent of Protestantism, where uh, the church breaks away from Rome and pursues uh, biblical theology. Even in Brad's prayer, we could see that uh, the church hasn't done anything perfectly, but we do have a perfect God who is walking with us every step of the way. And so we're going to look at uh, the different distinctives between different branches and denominations within the the Protestantism. And I'm going to throw up a few symbols or emblems. If you happen to recognize or know what they are uh, or what branch they represent, shout it out. We want, this is going to be an interactive portion, so each month I'm going to give you resources ahead of time so you can read and listen so then the next meeting 
the following month you'll be prepared and, uh, and can um, respond accordingly. We have an outline of a downward dove. Anyone recognize that? I believe that's a symbol for Calvary Chapel. Episcopal. Episcopal, yep. As Lutheran, the Lutheran cross. Methodist. Methodist. Should have a few in here from that background. No, not Presbyterian. Actually, generally when you see a picture of a dove, uh, the, the downward swooping dove, uh, it's related in some aspect to uh, some form of Pentecostalism. Baptist, I heard Baptist. That's, that's correct. And you can read that one. <laughs> Church of Christ. I believe it's the holiness. I've actually forgotten for sure, but uh, I believe that's right. PCUSA. Yes, it's a branch of the, the Presbyterian. What branch is that, PCUSA? That's that would be the main, that's the main line. The main line, and what w- word would we typically associate with that? PC. Liberal. 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 <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Final one is the, you probably have seen it on some roadside signs driving around. Church of God, very good. Good job, Peter. Okay, not only broad looks at Protestantism, but we're actually going to be looking at the roots of Grace Community Church. Um, From looking at the Reformation onward over those centuries, we get to uh, engage a little bit in, you might say, the rebirth of the theology that has led to what we believe here, um, from Luther to Calvin and and on down through the centuries, we get to look at the development of those very things that we have codified in in the Constitution and in in what GCC believes and endeavors to to strive for. And uh, one of those things that I'm looking forward to is uh, David Calvert's periodic input uh, as far as music and with the advent of Luther's portion of the Reformation and moving onward, uh, music became a very big uh, point of participation in the church and continues to be so from hymns uh, to worship music. And uh, you, you may even be interested in, depending on how long you've been coming to Grace, what style or what form of, of worship that, uh, that we conduct here at Grace. Are you supposed to be reserved? Is this a liturgical uh, outfit here, or are we more expressive? And if you need uh, a guide to help you out, I've provided that for you. (laughs) Note to those of us who have a Baptist background, do not try any of the bottom row. (laughs) You may stress a muscle or something. All right, you can tell that uh, we're going to have fun in this course there's going to be a lot of theology, a lot of doctrine, but it's something that we can engage in. We can talk about, discuss it, have fun with learning. I can send that out to you if you, if you want to share that. Before we get too far, does everybody have an opportunity to have a syllabus in front of them? We've got a few up here uh, on the front table if, if anybody needs them. 
some of the goals listed on the syllabus are those on the screen as well, where we will, um, if you remember back a few weeks when church history was our prayer focus, that top point was, was one of our prayer focus in which we want to present this uh, class, this endeavor, uh, in a manner that glorifies God. Because if we, if we don't do that, then everything else we do is, is pointless, it's worthless, uh, it's worse than trash. We want God to bless what we're doing, and in order to do that, we've got to do it His way. And assuming we are putting ourselves in His care, we also want to do it in a way that edifies and builds you up, so that not only are you gaining information for the sake of knowledge, but rather this is practical information that you can use. Uh, It's discernment skills that uh, you can look at the state of the church around us today and see how we got here. We can look at um, theology as it is being brought up on radio or TV programs, and you'll have a better understanding of how that person came to that conclusion, and hopefully we can take it and bring it back to Scripture and see what Scripture actually says about a certain topic, and so we can understand both historically and biblically. Uh, the next point is we want to impress upon you the importance and practicality of church history. I already mentioned that, that uh, is, this is practical stuff. Uh, history isn't way in the past. It's like I shared in the, the prayer focus a few weeks ago that church history is all around us. We're part of it now, and we're going to see the roots from the Reformation all the way up to what we can participate into today. And then to equip you for discernment, this is to think biblically, think theolo- uh, theologically about any historical issue uh, or any modern-day current issue. Bring it back to Scripture and see what God says. And you may think that is counterintuitive to that final point of fostering and forming a spirit of unity because you think of discernment as separating. You're drawing lines and putting people in different groups here and there, but rather it's a way of understanding things biblically, comparing them to Scripture, and then what we want to do with that is, is envelop and come together more as a, an entire body of Christ. And I want to use a, an analogy that Brad often uses of the closed hand, open hand, that as we go through this, we look at um, what the Catholic Church believed and continues to believe and, and where the Lutherans and Calvinists and, and the others, Baptists and Methodists, what they believe. And we're going to understand a little bit better those essentials that we need to hold on to with a very tight hand. And if, if those others do not believe in these essentials, we would be doing Christ's harm to be unifying ourselves with them, calling them Christians, because we hold on to those essentials very tightly. But I think we're also going to realize that through understanding the roots and origins and why people came to certain conclusions about certain topics, we're going to find our other hand of these non-essentials beginning to open up. That yes, I still believe X, Y, and Z, but I understand your position that much more. And because I understand that, I can accept you more, and we have a more unified body uh, because we hold on to the essentials, yet we may disagree and continue to fellowship together on the open-handed non-essentials. All right, we're going to move on to some of the logistics. I'm going to ask for you to take a peek at your uh, syllabus. On the back side is the schedule. If you were here Sunday night, uh, you may have recognized our 
unintended consequence that we're going to swap movie nights. We watched Luther this past week, and in October we are going to pick up with Restless Heart, which is the, uh, the movie adaptation of Augustine's Confessions, which is his autobiography. And then you'll notice in December we're going to take a break from meeting, so no worries about you know, having Christmas parties or something on, on this Wednesday as you prepare for uh, Christmas and, and family and trips, I'm sure. I want you to take note of October, that October does have five Wednesdays, so we're going to take advantage of that, and on the 29th, meet as well as on the 8th. As for the format of the class, you're looking at it. It's going to be very uh, low-key, as little pressure as we, we can manage. Uh, I know we put out quizzes and uh, papers that you could do last time. Those are still going to be available. But like, as I said earlier, if this is all you do, do it, because I think you're going to gain a lot from it. Uh, in addition to this, uh, when you leave out of here, either tonight or tomorrow, if you look onto the, the Google group, which I'm going to get to in just a moment, you're going to find additional resources between now and next month that uh, you're more than welcome. I would encourage you to look at these resources. Some of them are blogs that you can read in just a few minutes. They may be books that you can pick up and put on your shelf and, and read throughout the year. Uh, they may be audio uh, or podcasts of some nature that you can listen to throughout the weeks coming uh, preparing for the next meeting. Now let me show you how to get to some of those resources in the Google group. Um, has any, let me just see a hand of anybody who has, maybe from last year or new to this year, has anyone gone exploring into the Google group and feel comfortable enough to navigate around? No? Okay, there's a few. It, it's, it's not too difficult. If you have any trouble with it, email me, talk to me sometime. I'll, I'll help you out. Um, but if you just go to groups.google.com and then search for Grace CCNC, um, you're going to be able to find all that you need. Of course, it doesn't look like the Internet's going to cooperate with us. But uh, what you'll see on that, that page when you get to the Grace CCNC group is um, last year's weeks of resources, and you can go back and listen to those or watch those if, you, if you'd like to, to catch up or re-engage from the first 15 centuries of church history that we covered. And then you're going to see additional resources, as I mentioned, blogs, books. And uh, what I would really recommend are the uh, Brian Borgman audio files. You can download them, put them on disk, put them on your phone, listen to them as you, as you run or drive in the car. Really good stuff, very good overview, but he, he gets into it. And uh, really a lot of the information that we don't take from Gonzalez's book is going to be from uh, Borgman's um, classes, really. Actually, I'd like to jump in and talk a little bit about Gonzalez. Um, as we go through the centuries in this next semester, we're going to see how uh, people began to go down a lot of different paths theologically. Uh, actually, uh, someone, wh why do we use the terms Reformation and Protestant? Why do we use those terms? What was the Reformation, just in a nutshell? I guess it began as an attempt to reform the Catholic Church. 
Yes. Luther did not want, Martin Luther did not want to break away from the church. At least that's what everyone tells us. I don't see how he could say the things that he said early on and not really understand that this is going to, uh, either he's going to die or something is going to happen big. So why are churches that are not Catholic called Protestants? Not the Orthodox, Eastern Russian Orthodox, Greek Orthodox, but but why is our branch of Christianity called Protestant Christianity or Protestant? Why are we called Protestant churches? What is the word Protestant? Protest. Protest. It's just simply a protest to the doctrine of Rome. Well, once we moved away from Catholicism, we started splintering almost immediately. And that's one of the chief arguments of the Catholics, and we'll go over this in detail later, but one of the chief arguments of the Catholics is, look, you've got so many different branches of Christianity. You don't, you're not part of the church, just like we were in olden days. Whenever there was a heresy, whenever there was a, a question about theology, the bishops would come together, we'd have a council, we'd state this is what the church believes, and most of that stuff from those first Six centuries especially was really, really good, and we owe so much to them. Well, now you've got people going off in every direction, and you have a lot of uh, Christians that when, when um, science becomes uh, important to men and women on a much broader scope than it had been before, and during the Enlightenment... You've got theologians who say modern scientific man will not accept Christianity with all of its supernatural claims, the Bible with all of its supernatural claims. So we're going to demythologize the Bible. We're going to take the myths right out. And so consequently, most of the miracles are no longer uh, believable. And you don't have to believe the miracles and still gain some spiritual benefit and some moral instruction from Scripture. Uh, Gonzalez uh, is not as conservative as most of us would be theologically. But one of the great things about this class is we're going to learn to discern. So when you're reading Gonzalez, it doesn't show up much in olden days. It really doesn't. But in, in the first 15 centuries, 16 centuries, of what Gonzalez spoke about in the first volume. The second volume, you're going to see some things and you're thinking, now wait a minute, is that what we believe? Possibly it's not. Use your discernment. That's one of the benefits of this class, helping us to think not only biblically, as in understanding how the scripture is structured and you know what the general story is, but to think theologically about all of the different uh, doctrines that we're going to be uh, discussing and, and, and studying this year. So if you look, if you're reading along and you say, wow, really? We're reading this book? Yeah, we're reading this book. What he says about history is really, really good. He's got a few theological things we would disagree with, but it's okay because we're on a, a path of trying to discern. Most of the really conservative theological seminaries use Gonzales, at least as a resource, if not as a textbook. But a lot of them use Gonzales as a, as a textbook. So I just wanted to say that before we even get into it this year. Good. 
so I brought up the Google Groups. This is what it should look like or very similar uh, as you go to it. Uh, underneath the church history session one, which was last year, will be two, which is the Reformation to the present day. And the class information, what we have here is the, uh, the syllabus, really. And then an introduction to those items which have an asterisk by them, like Gonzalez's book, uh, Brian Borgman. Those are the ones that I would recommend as, as primary. If you can't get to everything, get to those resources. You can order the book online from, from Amazon. Uh, I think it's around $22. I don't know what it is on, on Kindle. Uh, and the Borgman is, is all free. And also I've created a timeline. I don't know how many people looked at it from last year. It's not complete. So if anybody wants to help me complete that, I'm, I'm open to some assistance. But uh, there is uh, some visuals there for you as you, you try to place who lived before whom and, and what went on during those times. It'll give you a visual uh, timeline as a reference for you. Another thing about the Borgman uh, audio Gonzalez gives us the overview. Borgman zeroes in on the things that are of, of real interest to us. Uh, he gives a lot of uh, the, the consequences of Constantine. He talks about Calvinism, the points, the differences between Luther and Calvin, and, and does so in a, a very uh, entertaining way. So I, I would highly, I'm with Neil, I would highly recommend the Borgman um, Audios. This red mic is here for a purpose. Uh, in order to be fully interactive, we do have two mics set up to kind of catch the, those quick answers to things. But as we interact with the class and you have questions or you have a comment, um, that's what this is for. And it's not just so that we might hear everybody, although it does help that way, but also for recording purposes. If somebody misses a class, we don't want them to miss what you had to say. And so we have this mic. It'll be hanging out here. We may end up using two to help with that, too. So as we progress and get into this review session, um, if you have questions, um, nod at somebody to pass the mic along uh, so that you can speak into this for recording purposes as well. Um, but like I said, worst case, we still have two extra mics to catch that. And then I meant to, to mention that my overt help with this class will be less than last semester's. Because um, I'm beginning a PhD program in theology and worship at Southeastern, and so my actually my first real seminar is in the history of Christian worship. So Neil is not joking; like I'm really excited about sharing whatever I'm going to learn <laughs> through the course of that seminar, and that will be this fall. And so I'll be able to jump in uh, for some uh, to share some of that. Um, but then something that I'm actually interested in doing is supplementing what we're doing since we're only once a month in class. I'm probably going to interact with some of the pastors who join us for panels and maybe even some of the faculty at Southeastern as I get to know them and chase some rabbit trails. Um, certainly there are questions that we won't be able to get to in an hour and 15 minutes. And so if we get to a question of, well, what, what is a biblical basis for pedo-baptism or baptism of infants? I might have a conversation with Sam Brown, who's the lead pastor at Grace Presbyterian Church. Um, and that would be a video posted and plus the audio. So it would be accessible, again, through the group. Um, but also, we'll post those things on Facebook and on the city, too. Anytime a church history class has been done, if you happen to miss it, the video and audio will be really easily available pretty quickly, um, as well as these little supplemental conversations that I'm looking forward to having as well. I'm also looking forward to those, those extra little video clips. 
Um, and we will try to have the audio up before the end of the weekend and then the video and other things up uh, shortly thereafter as well as the, the slideshow. If you, so if you miss a Wednesday, you can't make it for some reason or you zoned out, uh, don't worry that it'll be up in just a matter of days. So why don't we take right now for that five-minute break and then we'll, we'll come back and, and cover our review and overview.